I am Dee Dee Jones. I'm the director of Modern Worship. I'm the evangelism director and whatever is needed week to week. I am so glad to be here. This is, this is my people. These are my family. And if you came here today, when you walk through those doors, you're not our guest. You became a part of that family. And we are so glad that you are here. We started a series last week called I Wonder. Now, I went back and listened to myself say wander last week, and y'all didn't even tell me. I had two words I laughed at, wander and steal, like S-T-I-U-L or something. And I'm like, what was I thinking? And my boys just laughed at me. Yeah, Mom, we heard that. <laughs> Jeff said, yeah, honey, it was steal all, almost like poo all. But I love this series. I wonder. Last week we talked about does God really exist? And this week we're going to ask the famous question that we have all asked. Why do bad things happen to good people? Why do bad things happen to good people? As I've thought about this topic throughout my ministry, I have to tell you, um, I'm not sure that you ever get the complete answer that you want. 24 years in ministry for me right now, and I'm not sure that I ever get the complete answer that I want. I think most of the time I get the answer that I need, but I don't always get the answer that I'm looking for nor that I want. I want God to reveal it to me in a profound way. I want God to say, well, here's your answer, Dee Dee. Doesn't always happen that way. Romans 8, 28. And we know that God works all things together for good for the ones who love God, for those who are called according to his purpose. And no matter how you're living life, no matter what is going on in your life, no matter how bright and shining you are, there is nothing wonderful about death. There is nothing wonderful about sex trafficking or cancer. There is nothing wonderful about watching your children hurt. There is nothing wonderful about heartbreak. There's nothing wonderful about those bad things. There's nothing that brings any kind of goodness to bad things. That's why we call them bad things. The truth I'm discovering about Romans 8.28 reminds us that although... <laughs> Sin and Satan are powerful. Here's where it gets good. God is more powerful. He is able to redeem and restore anything for our good and his glory. All things may not be good. Now I want you to get a listen to this because this is good. All things may not be good, but God can and will use all things and make them good. Thank you, Lynn. 
I'm going to say that one more time. All things may not be good. And some of y'all have like a list in your head you're thinking when I said that, right? But God can and will use all things for good. But here's what I want you to understand. Of course God isn't causing bad things to happen. Let me say that one more time. Of course God is not causing bad things to happen. He is working it all out for your good. Because you know why? God is not out to hurt you. God is not out to make it bad for you or pay you back or get your attention. God is not out to hurt you. The painful things that happen to us are not punishments of our misbehavior, nor are they in any way part of some grand design on God's part. Because the tragedy is not God's will. We need to not feel hurt or betrayed by God. And y'all are looking at me because we have all done that, haven't we? We have said, oh God, why are you doing this to me again? Or God, are you trying to get my attention? Okay, Lord, here's the deal. I'll even bargain with you and I will stop and I will pay attention and I will go to church for the next two months if you'll just make it go away. The great thing about God is that we can turn to him and we can precisely ask him. And here's the deal. He has never left you from the start. He's not going to leave you to the end. He's never been gone. And I know that sometimes when we go through those things, we feel like, are we alone? I do. Because we've been taught, it's usually my actions that bring consequence. (laughs) Pastor Stan reminded us of that, what, two weeks ago, when he reminded us about what he's been through with his niece. And he said, what did he tell his family? Remember what he said? He said, you're about to hear some bad theology. Because here's the deal. God did not need another angel. That's not why she died. Guys, we got to quit saying that. Stop it. She was an angel before she died. She just now gets to live into it. But God didn't need another one. He created her here. So in 2007, I was in a really, really interesting and very cool part of my ministry. I um, was at a church that I would eventually be at almost 10 years. And um, in that, I was able to mentor tons of our youth, which is one of my favorite things to do. I love to grow worship leaders. I love that. And I had the privilege and the honor of working with a young lady that would end up being very close to me like Leah and I are. Her name was Melanie. I called her Mel. Mel was beautiful. Mel I had to look up to, literally. She was that tall. And I think we have a picture of her, don't we, Jackie? There she is. There's Mel. Mel and I had fun in worship. I had her starting when she was 15 years old. We did Christmas programs together. 
We did many worship services together. We did many musicals together. She was in theater. I would go watch. Mel went to college. And it was really cool because one of my close and dear friends was was over one of the campus ministries. And I was able to send Malcolm to her. And she became the worship leader for the campus ministry where she was at in Denton. And I'll never forget, almost 12 years ago to the date this month, I had gone to a musical. And what was crazy about it is it was, it was a musical where I was texting Mel to tell her, you have got to see the costumes and the shoes. She really got me when it came to the shoe part. I said, Mel, you got to see, and I'm texting her, and I didn't get a response, but that's not uncommon. She is my friend that would come and sing happy birthday to me two days before my birthday. Oh, I thought it was today. No, Mel, it's two days. And then I got the call when I got home. Well, actually, I was getting in my car to go home, and her dad called. And her dad was like an uncle to me, and he said, Sweet girl, I need you to call me as soon as you get this message, regardless of what time it is. So I'm in my car, and I pick up the phone, and I call him. And he said, are you home? And I said, no. He said, well, I need to tell you. Tonight, they found Mel's body. She had been raped and murdered. And then they took her to a place and they disposed of her in a way you cannot imagine. And in a moment, my life changed. I just spoke to her two days prior. I was just in this place of, you got to see what's happening. And in less than an hour later, her dad is having to tell me on the phone, she's gone. I had to drive over to a family that were heart and soul to me. They were in my music department, but they were also like family to me. And I had to drive to their home and sit and make sense of this horrible thing that happened. And then you say, God, why? Why? Why am I sitting here? Why did this happen? Sometimes we think because we're Christians, and sometimes we think because we have a relationship with God, that bad things aren't going to happen. Bad things are just not going to happen to us. (laughs) Sometimes we feel like that, you know... uh, As Christians, we get a pass. But what is so good about the scripture and the meaning that it says, for those who are called according to his purpose, it doesn't mean that you get that pass from bad things, but it means we have a source of hope to turn to. It means that we have somewhere to go when things do go south. 
And here's a really bad thing that I can promise you. It will go south. We weren't promised that it wouldn't go south. What we were promised is that he said he would never leave us nor forsake us. And that he would work it all out for our good. When bad things happen, God is right there in the midst of all of it with you. When bad things happen, he even goes through the pain with you. He sat there and he cried with me. And I went home, and I'm not necessarily... Now, y'all get to see me cry all the time. But that's really not always what I do. But I went home that night, and all I could do was sob. And all I could say is, Jeff, I don't know why. I don't know why I had lost my dad. I had lost my uncle. I had lost my aunt. I had lost people in my life. But she was 19 years old. Why? So then it brings us back to that question. Why do bad things happen to good people? I could go into theology all day long about a sovereign God who's a God in the midst of all things. I could give you the reasons of grace and mercy and I could talk you through all of that and we would still be standing here going... What does that mean when you're sitting in front of the family whose daughter was just murdered? What does that mean when you're looking at a mom whose child has cancer? What does that mean when you're looking at someone whose heart has been broken and someone said, I don't love you anymore, and they walked out the door and they don't even know why? What does that mean? And here's one of the things that I felt Bad things don't just happen to good people. Bad things happen to everybody. Bad things just happen. I have to be honest with you, I didn't like that. Why? We live in a world that's broken. We live in a world where we get to make decisions And sometimes those decisions aren't bad. And here's the deal. I had to accept that sometimes I've made decisions that hurt others. And I've been the bad thing. Ouch. I've been the bad thing. I've been the person that's hurt someone. Or I've been the person that has done something I didn't even know I did. But I have been that. So what is... That, what am I supposed to do with that? We also live in a world where there is nature. Living, breathing organisms. So it causes things like cancer. It causes things like hurricanes. It causes things that we cannot understand. And you go to the doctor and they go, yeah, you're one in 2,000 people that get this. We're living in a time and on a planet that's living and breathing every day. And because of all the things we do and the decisions we make, it's forever changing. So then we get to a place that we get, we get a cure for this, but then we've caused this.
And here's the difference in pain sometimes. I will never forget right before I had Owen. Um, you know, they, they put you in front of those birthing videos. Those are awful, y'all. <laughs> like, Jesus needs to fix it. It's terrible. And you got these women yelling and screaming and hollering. And then five minutes later, they're holding this adorable baby. Because you know that that pain, it sounds gut-wrenching. And then the next thing, it's glorious. It went from the worst pain ever. And so there's a reason that every pain on the planet is compared to childbirth. There's a reason. And here's the crazy part. Once you've had that baby, you don't even remember it anymore. Because all of a sudden, you have this amazing, beautiful baby. But sometimes childbirth for some of us just keeps going and it never feels like that baby's ever there. And we don't understand the pain. We know when we put braces on our teeth, that's going to hurt. But you know what? In six months, we're going to have a beautiful smile. We can handle that because we know what the ending is, right? We know that it's going to be worth it. But when you're in a place that you constantly, and I don't know about you, but I feel like every time I turn the TV on, I have quit watching the news. I turn it on right at 1019 so I can find out what the weather's going to do. Because I'm tired of hearing one more person getting shot, one more person found dead, one more person that's been hurt, one more political view where they just ditch someone else and hurt someone else on this side and that side, and then we all did it in Jesus' name. What I'm learning, though, is in our stories of hurt and pain. Is that a lot of times all of us have been there. We have done that and we've experienced it in ways. I've, I've had the opportunity of getting to listen to several different um, testimonies and celebrate recovery and to see where people have come from and where God has brought them. Oh, my goodness. But see, people can see your glory, but they never knew the pain you went through to get to that glory. They never knew what you went through. So here we are in this place of these bad things happening. They don't know the struggle that it's taken for you to take each step. And some days you took a step, and sometimes you didn't even get out of bed. But you took one step after another, and you made it. You made it to a place where you're standing in front of people telling a story that's going to change their life. So here's what I, I personally came to. For me, I want to keep thinking about this, but I want to quit asking that question. I want to quit asking why bad things happen. I want to stop looking for that answer. I really do. I want to start formulating a response that says, I'm going to take my anger and I'm going to turn it into a force of doing good. I want to redirect my frustration and with injustice and unfairness, and I want to channel it into a drive that fights injustice and that helps unfairness. I want my outrage that has propelled me into action in a lot of ways, I want it to make a difference. When I see innocent people suffering, I want to help them. 
When I see people in pain, I want to comfort them. I want to alleviate the suffering where I can. That's the only way I know how to answer that question. Because we know bad things are going to keep happening. But if I can help be a source of good, maybe I can prevent some of those bad things from happening. So, a year and a half after Melanie died, that year and a half was a crazy journey with the family. We went to trial. And face to face, I got to meet the gentleman that murdered my friend. And I'll never forget, it was a trial that lasted almost a week. It was grueling. Pictures, video. And none of it was going to bring Melanie back. We got to the end of the trial and over on the right side that stood kind of in the back was this mom and this dad. And they were the parents of the gentleman that had murdered Mel. And this mom just sat in the corner and literally, day after day, she sobbed. And as we were getting ready, I was helping with the PR with the family. I had to slip out to make sure where... um, Mel's parents would go to stand in order to make a press release. These are not the things you ever imagine in your ministry you're going to be doing is, wait a minute, let me help this family as they've just convicted a guy of killing their daughter. And as I'm walking and escorting the family to the mic, I get there and it is wall-to-wall cameras and people and it is crazy. ABC, NBC, 2020, they're all there. I lose Melanie's mom. I've got Unc with me, but I have lost Melanie's mom. I'm like, where did Peggy go? Where did she go? And I turn around and I look. And she had gone and she had grabbed that mom. That mom that just then had lost her son. And she hugged her tight. And I'm not kidding you, for five minutes she just hugged her. And she said, we both lost our children. And you talk about a witness to attorneys and police officers and camera people in that room because none of us knew that was about to happen. And then a year and a half later after that, scholarships that would make a difference in kids' lives to go to theater. And then the other day, I sent them a text and I said, okay, I'm going to talk about Mel. You guys pray for me because I've never, ever talked about this before. I have to be real honest in that too. I wrestled with God when God said do it. I was like, no, let's talk about something else. Well, when I sent them a text, it was really cool because Unc sent me one back. He said, I have to tell you, we just got word on the coolest thing. Right after Melanie was murdered, a young lady in Alabama started a self-defense class for college kids. 
And they've stayed in touch with her through the years. And through the years, this young woman graduated college, got married, and then had a baby. And she sent the parents a note and said, Can I name her after Melanie? And so this sweet girl named her baby after Mel. And there is story after story after story of lives that have been changed. Girls who were almost abducted and hurt that haven't been. Girls that walked in insecurity found their security. And I sit back and I go, okay, Lord, only you could take something so hard, so devastating, and you could make it so good. Will that ever bring Mel back? No. But what I know is that what Mel would love more than anything is to know that her life made a difference and that God used her circumstance to make a difference, and he has. I don't know about you, I don't want answers about what happened to her. I don't want explanations, and I don't even want closure. What I want is to end suffering. I want to end suffering for you. I want to end suffering for those people that I love and that I care about, and for myself. And it can't be that we go, God will handle it. You've got to understand that God's going to use all of us to help in that. God doesn't cause misfortunes. Some are caused by bad luck. Some are caused by bad people. And some are simply a consequence. Because we're human and we're mortal beings living in a world of inflexible and unnatural and crazy natural laws. But every day we have the choice to make a difference where maybe we can help that day someone not go through a bad thing that is a good person. Remember we talked about we show God exists. We can also be the people that says, you know what, I'm going to help today. I don't want them to have a bad day. And you never know how your smile, your hug, or your love changes a person in an instant that was thinking of doing something else in their life. And most of all, we have to just walk by faith. We just have to walk by faith because we're not going to understand all the answers. We're not going to understand all that God is doing when he says he's working it all out because, God, it doesn't look like my way. God, I have a really good plan. Ozzy, as you'll come forward. But I'm working all things out. (laughs) And sometimes I feel like he's not because it doesn't look like what I think it should look like. And y'all can't leave me up here hanging because I know y'all do the same thing. Lord, I've got the solution. Lord, if it looked like this, God, then this would work and this would work and this would work and nothing you've just handed God happens, right? 
We have to ask ourselves, why do bad things happen? How about we don't anymore? How about we say, God, how can I help bad things not happen? How can I be a person that's a healer and, and someone who loves on people and instead of judging people or instead of thinking I know the answer, but God, I'm just able to love on them and be your hands and feet to them. I'm never going to understand it all. But if I understood it all, then I wouldn't need faith. If I can see it, then why do I need it? Why do I need faith? So, Lord, instead of trying to understand, what I am going to try to do is say, okay, how can I be the person that brings good? How can I help bring good? How can you bring good? How can you, in this crazy, flawed world that we live in, bring good? Father, I thank you. I don't understand. But what I do know is that I can be the hands and the feet of you, God, and I can make a difference. We live in a broken world. We live in a world that is so much out of our control, God. But God, we know you're present. We know you didn't just leave us here, God. Father, we give you glory and we give you honor. And we thank you. We thank you. In your precious and your holy and your amazing name. Thank you, God.